welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who teach us that you abide in hearts that are just and true, grant that we may be so fashioned by your grace as to become a dwelling pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Leviticus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, If a swelling or scab or shiny spot appears on a man's skin, a case of leprosy of the skin is to be suspected. The man must be taken to Aaron, the priest, or one of the priests who are his sons. The man is leprous. He is unclean. The priest must declare him unclean. He is suffering from leprosy of the head. A man infected with leprosy must wear his clothing torn and his hair disordered. He must shield his upper lip and cry, Unclean, unclean. As long as the disease lasts, he must be unclean, and therefore he must live apart, he must live outside the camp. The Word of the Lord Thanks be to God. I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. Happy the man whose offence is forgiven, whose sin is remitted. O happy the man to whom the Lord imputes no guilt, in whose spirit is no guile. I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. But now I have acknowledged my sins, my guilt I did not hide. I said, I will confess my offence to the Lord, and you, Lord, have forgiven the guilt of my sin. I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord, exult, you just. O come, ring out your joy, all you upright of heart. I turn to you, Lord, in time of trouble, and you fill me with the joy of salvation. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do at all, do it for the glory of God. Never do anything offensive to anyone to Jews or Greeks, or to the church of God, just as I try to be helpful to everyone at all times, not anxious for my own advantage, but for the advantage of everybody else, so that they may be saved. Take me for your model, as I take Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. A great prophet has appeared among us. God has visited his people. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. A leper came to Jesus and pleaded on his knees, If you want to, he said, you can cure me. Feeling sorry for him, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Of course I want to, he said, be cured. And the leprosy left him at once, and he was cured. 
Jesus immediately sent him away and sternly ordered him, Mind you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and make the offering for your healing prescribed by Moses as evidence of your recovery. The man went away, but then started talking about it freely and telling the story everywhere, so that Jesus could no longer go openly into any town, but had to stay outside in places where nobody lived. Even so, people from all round would come to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So in preparing for this sermon, um, I read a homily by a Canadian priest by the name of Father Tom Rizika. Um, he sometimes does work for the, the media office of the Vatican. So, you know, you might have seen him on TV from time to time. He's also one of the founders of Salt and Light TV, which is um, a Canadian Catholic channel. But a- anyway, look, I was reading um, a homily that he'd prepared uh, on this very gospel. Um, and he tells a very personal story about the first time that he met lepers. Um, and I'm just going to read to you exactly what he said about this experience. Listen to this. I had never encountered leprosy until I was pursuing my graduate studies in scripture in the Holy Land. In 1992, I was invited by the religious sisters of the Sacred Heart to go down to Egypt from Jerusalem and spend several weeks teaching and preaching scripture, first in Cairo, then down the Nile River into Upper Egypt. We visited many of the very poor Christian villages where the sisters and other religious worked among the poorest of the poor. That journey remains engraved in my memory for the remarkable women religious encountered along the way and for the horrible human situations of suffering that we witnessed. When we arrived in one of the Egyptian villages along the Nile, one of the sisters took me outside the central part of the town to an area where lepers and severely handicapped people were kept, kept in chains, in underground areas hidden away from civilization. It was like entering tombs of the living dead. Their lot was worse than animals. The stench was overpowering, the misery shocking, and the suffering incredible. I descended into several hovels, blessed the people with my best Arabic, and said some prayers with each person. The sister accompanying me said, Simply touch them. You have no idea what the touch means when they are kept as animals and monsters. I laid my hands on many of these women and men and touched their disfigured faces and bodies. Tears streamed down my face as the women and men and several children shrieked at first and then wept openly. They reached out to hug and embrace me. Then we shared bottles of Coca-Cola. Those unforgettable days deep in the heart of Egypt taught me what the social and physical condition of lepers must have been at the time of Jesus. There was not much difference between then and now. I don't know about you, but that account makes a really deep impression on me. We hear about lepers in the Gospels and they kind of drop in and out pretty quickly. Um, And I, I think because we only get a snapshot picture of them, we can sometimes overlook their history, 
You know, where have they come from? What have they suffered? What does it really mean to be a leper? Maybe this fills out the picture a little bit. We hear in the book of Leviticus, the first reading uh, today, that a man infected with leprosy needs to wear his hair disheveled, his clothing torn. He needs to shield his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. Um, and he must live apart. He must live outside the camp. Now that's quarantine. A quarantine that's not lockdown, it's exile. You don't get locked in your home, you get turfed from your home. And the fact of wearing your hair disheveled and of um, having your garments torn mean that you stand out. People are supposed to see you coming and they're supposed to hear you coming. You need to cover your upper lip and you need to cry, unclean, unclean. So that there's absolutely no possibility of there being an inadvertent interaction between the one who is leprous and the rest of the community. Now it's harsh, sure, and I suppose we can see why. Um, I suppose, you know, we're all kind of suffering through this pandemic at the moment, and we can see that, you know, there are some harsh measures that are put in place for the greater good. But gee, doesn't it bring personal suffering? We can see how the individual is kind of sacrificed for the good of the corporate, for the body. And it's really isolating. You know, it's funny, I, I sometimes wonder in the wake of the pandemic, how are we really going to treat one another? Um, you know, especially when, you know, walking through the supermarket and someone sneezes, everyone just kind of looks at them as if, you know, they really are kind of leprous. We look to each other as being a risk, a danger. Someone who we need to suspect, someone of whom we need to be wary. The individual is isolated from the community. And this isn't an individuality that is ennobling. It's an individuality that brings death. This kind of loneliness is an absence of love. And that absence of love is a living death. And didn't Father Tom Rosica kind of point to that in his own little account of his own interactions with, with lepers, that they were experiencing a living kind of death, that in fact, that absence of love was dehumanizing. It turned them into animals. The leper that Jesus encounters, what's his history? Where's he come from? Who's his family? What's he suffered already? What's he undergone? What has this isolation turned him into? And, you know, we can see that he's, he's breaking a few rules here, right? Like he's coming up to Jesus. He's not covering his lip. He's not saying unclean, unclean. He's not keeping his distance. There's this desperation with which he comes before Jesus, falls to his knees and prays. And, you know, hear the anguish in his prayer. If you want to, you can cure me. Now, it says from there that Jesus feels sorry for him. But, you know, that's that's just a really weak translation. It's, it's something that comes from the word for guts, right? That the compassion that Jesus has is something that comes from his guts. His guts stir. He has this visceral reaction. It's like a punch in the guts. And maybe Jesus has a similar kind of reaction to, to Father Tom Rosica. The horror of this situation really is like a kick in the guts. But one that brings tears of compassion. 
But tears aren't enough. Compassion is empty without a gesture to help, to assist. Now, remember the story from Father Thomas Rizika, right? The sister who was with him said, simply touch them. You have no idea what the touch means when they're kept as animals and monsters. Now, notice what Jesus does, right? We hear this, feeling sorry for him. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Of course I want to, he said, be cured. Now, I think the order of those gestures is important. Jesus has compassion, stretches out his hand and touches him. Now, this is contrary to the law of Moses, of course. The touch of a leper should make Jesus unclean, but instead we see that the powerful touch of Christ renders the leper clean. But what I think is significant here is that Jesus reaches out, touches the leper before he's clean. He touches him in his leprosy, in his sickness, in his illness, in his pain and suffering. That's where Jesus' touch comes. Now, I've been thinking lately about the reality of touch and what that really means. It's personal. It's individual. It's a bridging of distance and a breaking down of barriers. It's a coming to communion where there's an I and a you. Touch speaks a language. It says, I am me and you are you and we can be together. We can be one. The beauty of touch is that it recognises individuality, not as something which is isolating, but as something which is truly ennobling. You're unique, and you're the one to whom I reach out. In this moment, you are the one. Not because you're alone, but because I've chosen you. Now, consider the isolation of this leper. The singleness of this man doesn't speak of his uniqueness and dignity and nobility, but instead of his solitariness. There is no other who sees me, who touches me. Before it's a miracle, I think this touch is first love. And I suspect that that's actually the first healing which occurs. A healing of the heart. A recognition that I'm loved. That Christ looks at me with compassion. And that interior healing extends outwards all the way to the man's skin. You know, we may not be lepers, but I think interiorly we've all had some experience of that kind of isolation that leprosy entails that we haven't been seen, we haven't been touched. The gospel today shows us that that's exactly what the Lord wants to do. To touch the untouchable, to bridge the gap, to span the distance, to make the lonely one with himself. So where is Jesus' touch now? First and foremost... It's in the sacraments. To encounter him in the Eucharist, in that moment when he reaches out and touches us. In that moment, there's a you and a me.
It's personal. And it bridges the gap. It spans the distance. And he touches us not because we're clean, but because we're unclean. He touches us because he longs to heal us from the inside out. A healing that starts in the heart with a word that says, I see you, I touch you, and I love you. And that healing in our hearts permeates our lives all the way out to our skin. Mark tells us today that Jesus wants to heal us. But we just need to come to him with our solitary hearts. Thanks for praying with us. And may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.